The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. I want to thank you all for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you have joined us. We've got another great program, as always. I want to thank you also for liking Spirit of Recovery on Facebook and for making uh, comments, for posting on our Facebook page. And thank you also for sending me emails and letting me know how it's going for you and your spirituality and recovery journey. It's great to hear from you, and um, I really appreciate you participating here with us in the Spirit of Recovery community. Uh, It's great to... Uh, know that what we're doing here is mattering to you that makes a big difference and that you're uh, being inspired, that you're getting new ideas, that you're getting a freshening up um, and a, a strengthening of your own spirituality and your recovery walk by the guests that we bring you here on Spirit of Recovery. I love the opportunity to broadcast on the topic of recovery and spirituality here on Unity Online Radio, and uh, it's, it's just a joy. So I'm just delighted to have this opportunity. I want to thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, in your unity community, and in your other spiritual communities know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community, and I have guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative. My guests are uh, either people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or guests who are, are very involved in spiritual development, who are spiritual teachers and leaders and who have a lot to share the development of spirituality that is certainly relevant to people in recovery. The guests that I have always bring practical information that you can use and we have lively discussions that get you thinking. You can listen to us here on Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can, of course, listen via your computer. You can listen via your smart device. You can listen live, and you can also listen on demand. We've got lots of great archives, which you can access by going to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery, and you can benefit from the guests that I've had for the last several years here. Just they have a lot to share. I want you to know that the spirit of recovery is a welcoming place. And so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you 
are the family member or friend of someone who's in recovery or not in recovery, anybody that's got the disease of addiction or whether you yourself are in recovery or not as a family member or friend, or perhaps you're just curious, just interested in the process of recovery and spirituality, you're just looking for information, you are welcome here. I'm very glad that you've joined us here on The Spirit of Recovery. And I welcome you and I welcome your participation in our discussions. You're welcome to email us or call in if you've got a comment or a question for my guest. Today we have, um, as usual, a wonderful program for you, and um, we're going to be introducing the guest in just a moment here, but again, I want to um, let you know a little bit about me. Again, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and also an addictions counselor. I'm a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction, and 33 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development, and um, my walk is an integration of the unity principles and the 12-step recovery principles, and that sure keeps me growing and keeps me uh, transforming my own consciousness, my understanding, and gives me the opportunity to live a life that is of a quality that, that brings me joy and is a blessing to other people. So I'm just very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to bring you great guests and also to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and in your recovery walk. Today, our topic is commitment. It's not a four-letter word. And uh, we're going to be looking at the idea here of if you want the quality of your life to change, that uh, what's required is deep commitment to one's own spiritual development. And this certainly is an idea that uh, is heard widely and often in recovery circles that uh, it's essential to develop one's spiritual life. And um, it's also one that's uh, important in uh, any kind of spiritual development path. And uh, what we know is that when we're committed to that spiritual development, when we're committed to knowing ourselves and to knowing our higher power and understanding that relationship, that that kind of commitment is not at all a chain. It doesn't chain us to anything uh, that we don't want, but rather it's a commitment that frees us and it frees us to live in wonderful ways that we never thought were possible. My guest today, I know uh, you're going to enjoy all that he has to share, is a very uh, uh, dynamic person himself that does uh, a great deal and has a wonderful ministry that he'll be telling you about that uh, brings a lot of light to this idea of commitment and to the idea of change and spiritual development. My guest is Mark Hicks. Mark is a spiritual leader, and he's the founder and developer of TruthUnity.net, and uh, so you can look up that great website and see all that he has to offer there at www.truthunity.net. And Truth Unity is a ministry through which Mark shares his passion for active engagement in inner transformation. And uh, Truth Unity is a ministry that's grounded in the great classic metaphysical teachings of unity, uh, particularly and, and some other uh, of the great uh, metaphysicians of the uh, 19th and 20th centuries, and, and uh, he has a wonderful way of showing how those foundational teachings are very relevant to today and, and bringing them into the here and now. And on uh, truthunity.net, uh, through that ministry, Mark 
really encourages the study and practice of the unity spiritual principles and actively fosters discipleship um, formation within unity. Mark is the founder, again, of truthunity.net, and um, he, in that, uh, on his website, that ministry, it offers novel ways to study Unity's classic teaching through hyperlinking and multimedia. And every day, over 300 people come to truthunity.net for five or 10 minutes um, to get inspiration to study and to learn online. Uh, in his other life, Mark helps to develop startup companies in his hometown of Austin, Texas, and he is currently involved in six ventures. And in 2011, Mark founded the Unity Church of Georgetown, and he was its spiritual leader for the first seven months and uh, averaged uh, 65 to 80 persons attending every Sunday and uh, kept a, a healthy bank account and had a, a thriving ministry there. Uh, Mark has also studied theology through Unity Institute, and he's currently enrolled in the Religious Studies Department at the Unity of Texas. And uh, Mark, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's a real joy for me. Great. Glad that you're here. And um, you're certainly uh, someone that I am so grateful for that resource for your ministry, truthunity.net, and I enjoy visiting that. There's so much on there and I use it personally and I also use it in my ministry to share a lot of the resources with people and I am tireless in recommending it uh, to people. Wonderful. So yeah, thank you for doing it. So um, Mark, I know that you are definitely committed to, to the idea of commitment in spiritual growth. So tell us about that. Sometimes it seems like in spiritual growth, people maybe just sort of come to to, to stick their toe in, but I, I think you have a different way of viewing it. How, what's important about commitment to spiritual growth? Well, I, I think there's something about spirituality that requires commitment that uh, other areas of life don't. Uh, th- there are many things in life that we can do by putting our toe in the water and doing it in a very uh, timid or small way and get some sort of benefit out of it. Um, Spirituality is is different in that it requires uh, a uh, well faith. What we know is faith, and faith uh, by itself implies um, going a lot further than we're comfortable with. And so, there really is no way to uh, get benefit or grow spiritually, or to know God, or to um, to to enhance one's life through a relationship with uh, the divine within and do it half-heartedly. It, it just doesn't work. And uh, at least that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. And so I think commitment is uh, something that's required of spirituality that is not necessarily required of other things in life. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. And I, I know that, the uh, again, you're quite a student of those uh, early metaphysicians in unity and perhaps in other disciplines, they certainly exemplified commitment. Could you tell us a little bit about them, about those people that came before us, and um, what is it to, uh, that inspires you about them? Well, I think when, at least for me, when when I um, am recovering from something or I am challenged deeply, uh, I usually look for two things. I look for my friends and I look for resources. And when I go back to the people who uh, started Unity, I see both. Uh, 
I, I see in their character and people who, even though they're gone, even though they've made their transition, they're no longer with us, um, their writings are with us, and for many of them, their videos are with us and their audio is with us, their spirit is with us, and they have left us a movement, a unity movement that continues to nourish me uh, and many others. And so uh, I, I see – I'm one of those people who look back in history and actually um, incorporate uh, – people or characters in the past into my present life. Uh, they, these people speak to me uh, figuratively, not necessarily uh, uh, literally, but they speak to me figuratively. They're part of my life. They're part of my internal conversation. For example, when I go to uh, Unity Village and visit um, the uh, Silent Unity, just outside of the elevator are uh, portraits of Myrtle Fillmore, May Rowland, and James Dillett Freeman. And I always go there and I put my nose about two inches from their nose on the picture. And I ask them, what do you have to tell me today? And invariably, by the time I leave that building, I have gotten a beautiful message channeled to me in some form or fashion that I don't understand. But uh, these people who built Unity were uh, uh, spiritual greats who I think still continue to bless us uh, with the uh, with their soul and the spirit that flows through them uh, to us. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we read back and you know a little bit of their biographies and so forth, again of Charles and Myrtle Fillmore who co-founded Unity and and some of the other f- people that you named. Uh, you know, they were in a different era, so they maybe framed their lives in, in a little bit different way. We're, we're so open, you know, they did, today. Yes. Yeah. But, but they had problems. I mean, that's what drove them really to their spiritual life is they had problems. They had health problems. They had, you know, um, money problems. They had life problems. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're just like them again. They framed it differently, but we're just like them. Um, so what is it about the quality of these founders' uh, spirituality or their lives that stands out to you? That, that What is the richness of their souls that, that appeals to you so much? Well, they uh, saw the ideal, and they saw the uh, what, what Eric Butterworth called the perfect round. They saw the big picture. They viewed their work not in terms of a uh, short-term project, and really not in terms of a lifetime project, but in terms of a multiple lifetime project. Uh, they saw unity as something that would uh, uh, not only transcend them, but transcend uh, uh, culture and transcend uh, whatever they were dealing with. So when the bank uh, 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 called for money or people came with illnesses, they were able to see beyond that or at least see through it to the truth. And they held to that. And as I uh, – I'm inspired by that. They, you know, they are in, – in the, in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, we have a, a wonderful statement by Paul saying that he, he lists all the people who came before in 
um, in, in Hebrew times. And he says, since we are surrounded by these cloud of witnesses, let us run the race with perseverance. We have a cloud of witnesses in unity. We have that. And it's not just Charles and Myrtle, but it's May and James Dillett and Eric and Vera Tate and Ed Rabel and so many others. And we have them on video and on audio and we have their legacy. We have these people who saw the, the, uh, saw a lifetime work and, uh, and have handed it to us. They've, they've provided it. Uh, to us in, in the forms of their writings and their their ministry. Mm-hmm. How would you say uh, what is unique about these uh, early unity uh, metaphysicians in their understanding of spirituality? That's again, they didn't claim any special knowledge, and they mm-hmm. you know said that many times. But but you know every religious path, every spiritual path has its sort of unique features that maybe makes it appeal to some people in a certain way. What is it that you see as unique about uh, their perspective that is appealing to us today? Well, in transcendentalism, it's called intuition. Um, In unity, it's called the still small voice. Uh, It's not a dogma. It's not a doctrine necessarily, although it can be. But it is an awareness or a consciousness of uh, of not only God, a transcendent God, but an but an imminent uh, divinity within. Um, and today, I think in a lot of spiritual circles or religious circles, um, it, it's really um, a a materialist point of view. Um, those who are excited about building big churches and um, having great followings are basically looking to the material world to validate their spiritual path. The Fillmores and their colleagues uh, really weren't concerned about that at all. They were more concerned about uh, building spiritual resources, not material resources. And, of course, they were able to uh, leave us Unity Village and many things, but Unity as a denomination or as a movement is not really an international powerhouse. It's not a uh, a great, um, you know, uh, powerful movement. Um, but spiritually, it has unbelievable depth, and it has reached millions of people in subtle ways. Um, and people who aren't necessarily affiliated or associate themselves with the unity movement. So my point is... Uh, Unity is a spiritual pathway that has spiritual basis. Thank you, Mark. Hold on. It's time for our break, and uh, we'll come back to that. My guest today is Mark Hicks of TruthUnity.net. We're talking about commitment. It's not a four-letter word, talking about the importance of commitment in our spiritual life. We'll be right back. Stay with us. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world.
Are we nearing the end of the world? Reading the book of Revelation, you might think so, and it doesn't end well. But is it possible that the Bible's darkest story is a positive tale? Author Ed Townley, host of the Unity Online radio show, The Bible Alive, thinks so. A Bible enthusiast, Townley focuses on the metaphysical meanings rather than the literal text. In Kingdom Come, new from Unity Books, Townley takes a fresh approach to Revelation. The kingdom, Townley explains, doesn't await us in the afterlife. It's ours to experience today as we learn to find the good even in our darkest challenges. Explore Revelation in a new light. Order the book Kingdom Come online today at unitybooks.org. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. And if you're just joining us, our topic today is commitment. It's not a four-letter word. And we're talking about the idea of, of deep commitment as being essential to our spiritual development. And certainly that's essential to recovery is to keep growing spiritually because the recovery process is about that. It's about spiritual development and about uh, continuing to allow ourselves to understand uh, life as spiritual and to develop that relationship with ourselves and our higher power. My guest today is Mark Hicks. He's a spiritual leader and he's the founder and developer of truthunity.net. And uh, you can uh, find that at truthunity.net. It's a wonderful resource for um, unity, classic metaphysics and, and understanding how that relates to us today and how that is a big part of our spiritual development or certainly can be and help us in that understanding of our higher power. And um, we are uh, having a great conversation about spiritual depth and spiritual commitment. Before I continue my conversation with Mark, I invite you to join me in uh, the Serenity Minute and uh, a brief time of meditation. 
So I invite you to relax, to be aware of your breath as it comes in and goes out, and share with me this constructive idea. My commitment to my own spiritual spiritual development shines powerfully from deep within me. My commitment to my own spiritual development shines powerfully from deep within me. Let me take a moment now in the quiet. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that it was an opportunity for you to tune in to that presence and that power that is your higher power as you understand it. And now I'm back to my conversation with Mark Hicks of TruthUnity.net, talking about the importance of commitment and uh, in our spiritual growth. Mark, uh, before the break, you were talking with us about... Um, Again, those new thought pioneers or the early unity pioneers, and, and new thought is very different than new age. They're different. New thought uh, is, is about a, 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 like unity and religious science and other groups like that that have a certain understanding of God, um, as you said, as transcendent and eminent within us and all around us. But you were talking about those early pioneers and uh, their sense of, of depth and talking about how the unity ideas have made a a real difference in the depth of spirituality. Tell us a little bit about that, about how is it that uh, this kind of an idea can create a real depthful spirituality. Well, in my experience, uh, commitment is easy when one is inspired. And I think uh, all too often uh, in life we, we we make choices for things that don't really inspire us. There are choices for things that we think we need, we're fearful of, uh, of not having. Um, but if we're able to truly identify the things that, that inspire us, then commitment follows. It just, it, commitment flows. And so commitment is not necessarily willpower. Commitment, I, I believe, flows from right decisions or basically uh, uh, choosing to give one's life to something or someone who is truly worthy of it. And then we are committed. And so commitment can be a very easy thing in life um, if the, uh, the, 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 we're surrounded by those who, who inspire that type of commitment. If we're inspired by um, co-workers or even ministers who are lukewarm in what they believe in, then we've all had experience where you know the uh, the the energy level goes down, commitment goes down, and so it's important, I think, to surround ourselves with uh, people and um, uh, movements that are worthy of it. And to be honest with you, I look at the, uh, the, the founders of Unity and I see there 
people that I look up to that inspire me. Uh, it's really as simple as that. Yeah, and I, I, I believe certainly for myself that that inspiration, uh, I get inspired by people but that are really in touch with themselves and in touch with their own uh, understanding of their spiritual life and are making a, an honest effort to live that. Mm-hmm. If, uh, For example, if you go out to Truth Unity and listen to the audio tapes by uh, Martha Judici or uh, – uh, well, uh, uh, Ed Rabel or uh, James Dillett Freeman, um, uh, May Rowland, for example. You, you see in here, uh, I sense people um, who are just alive with a consciousness that God flows through them. And these are not wealthy people. They are not um, intellectual giants. Uh, most of them did not write uh, scholarly books. And to be honest with you, the unity movement that they have left is not a uh, real powerhouse in terms of religious following. Um, however, the impact they had on millions of people is just phenomenal. And so I, I just highly respect them and I look up to them. They lived a life – uh, for a movement and for a cause uh, that came out of a consciousness uh, of God, a consciousness of spirit flowing through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a, it's a pure type of awareness, in my opinion. Uh, one of the problems we have, I think, in contemporary spirituality is the guru uh, complex, this idea that we need a guru, that we need a spiritual leader. And uh, I, in my opinion, nothing really kills commitment more than an artificial social hierarchy. Um, gurus are not necessarily helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's important to uh, to have a uh, somehow have a uh, a religious or a spiritual movement without a strong sense of uh, spiritual hierarchy. That's not healthy. So how did you see the, these early metaphysicians dealing with that? Well, it was an independent movement. Um, Charles Fillmore, for example, um, didn't resist anyone who wanted to go out and teach unity principles. Uh, he just asked that they be fairly true to the teaching. Early days, there was no requirement for ordination. There was no requirement to uh, send any money back to unity. There was no requirement to um, uh, have any particular level of education. Um, it was just simply inspiration. And Charles and Myrtle were happy to see that uh, happen. Um, so they weren't building a strong, you know, they weren't into building an organization. They were allowing people to be independent because they trusted that spirit flowed through those people as they flowed through Charles and Myrtle. Now, Charles and Myrtle uh, were a bootstrap uh, organization, um, and they knew what it was like to be on the outs with the official religious establishment. And uh, I don't think they ever forgot it. 
um, and they were very comfortable in that role. They referred to themselves as a sect, S-E-C-T, um, and they were comfortable being um, not churches, not denominations. They were comfortable in being a movement. We today, I think, need to have that comfort. It's it's a uh, it's exactly what Emerson called self reliance. It's not a reliance on a church to give us permission to do a spiritual work. It's reliance on an intuition, an internal calling from spirit to do a work. You know that when you're talking about that, it makes me think about the perennial philosophy, uh, which. Uh, the book by Aldous Huxley, and Huxley was a friend of Bill Wilson, the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, oh. um, and um, the and that some of that wording, as well as other uh, New Thought wording, uh, is in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, just that that concept of what you're saying about they talk about that simple reliance on the spirit of the universe, uh, very much talk about higher power as one understands it. Talk about the simple idea of God within every man, woman, and child. And um, that sense that there's an innate spirituality um, in everybody and that you don't have to get it outside, although they were friendly to any kind of religious persuasion. That was the other thing. They weren't opposed to anything. Um, People were free to do as they chose, and they weren't in opposition to any religious group. And there was that clear understanding in the early AA movement and I would say now too and all that's sprung from it of that it's whatever you want to call it, God's spirit, whatever, is innate in everyone. And in the end you gotta find it yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And you know that that is so different from what we're taught in day to day life. Um, the first message is that, that God is on our side. Second message is that our natural state is uh, whole, healed, uh, free from addictions, um, that our natural state is being loving as opposed to being uh, mean. Um, it's a beautiful uh, approach to life, and uh, you're exactly right. It is a philosophy that has been through the ages, and Huxley got it right, uh, absolutely. Right. Um, the early AAs also liked Emmett Fox a lot. Emmett Fox uh, was a friend of Unity, um, and they they would flock to to his lectures in New York. Do you have any Emmett Fox resources on Truth Unity? I don't know. Well, it, it's interesting you say that because right uh, today I I am uh, developing a background of New Thought course. And uh, I have a chapter on Emmett Fox in there as a uh, pioneer of new thought. Um, it will probably be out this Sunday, actually. Oh, I'll put out an announcement. Um, but absolutely, I believe that the key to new thought being uh, resonating well with people in recovery is not necessarily the message as it is the simplicity. You know, when when I am struggling with life, when I'm really, you know, uh, out to cover my butt as much as my soul, you know, I mean, I'm in the trenches and really looking for uh, the, the pretense is gone and I need some help and I need it now. What I want is simplicity. I don't want complexity. I need the straight, simple message from God whispering to me. 
that life is good and all is well. Fox was able to do that. He took the Sermon on the Mount and the Ten Commandments and so many other things in life, and he conveyed them in simple terms. And I think it, it just resonates uh, in, a, in a way that um, complex religion doesn't. And it, those who know me know that I really have a hard time with um, what I call highfalutin philosophy and there's, there's, uh, or highfalutin theology. Um, unity is practical, and one of the benefits of practical means it has to be simple. It's simple Christianity as much as practical Christianity. Fox was simple. He gave it to people in the common language that you could understand even though you were hurting terribly inside. Yeah. That simplicity is, is, as you say, very powerful. It's what can snap us into ourselves, I think, in, in a good way. I mean, snap by kind of oh, get, us, get us into register with ourselves. Yes, absolutely. And complexity is one of the easiest, one of the, one of the quickest ways to get out of uh, a state of balance. Yeah. I, I know that you believe, uh, Mark, that it's important to have a library, to have a spiritual library. Yes. Why does that matter? It goes back to my my earliest religious training was reading Norman Vincent Peale's Power of Positive Thinking. I wasn't raised in a church. Prior to 16 years old, I had been in a church maybe four or five times in my life. The one spiritual book we had in our meager bookcase was Norman Vincent Peale's Power of Positive Thinking. And I began to read and I actually sent away for... Uh, the 40 uh, cards that they had, they were they called thought conditioners. And I've learned that if we are not memorizing inspirational pieces of scripture or just inspirational pieces, and we're not actually committing them to memory, then when we are dazed in life and we struggle with life, uh, they don't come back to us. But if we are committing to memory, um, pieces of poetry or just words of wisdom, affirmations, pieces of scripture, they come back to us in the very moment that we need them. But we have to have them in our memory. Truth unity is there 24-7. People can quickly, uh, when they're struggling, they can go online. They can uh, listen to audio tapes read scripture. It's it's important that we have these inspirations accessible uh, without hindrance all the time. And so a library to me, we all know what it is as a building, but a library metaphysically is that that training that we do um, day to day of uh, memorizing affirmations, reading daily word, um, uh, putting uh, uh, whatever inspires us. It doesn't have to be scripture, but it most often is, to memory. We have to have a library in our mind of inspirational pieces. And they will serve us very well when uh, throughout the day – uh, troublesome things may encounter us 
and uh, if we have committed, if we have a library, then we have a uh, our 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 soul has a has a mechanism to bring to into consciousness that which we need to nourish at that moment. That's beautiful. You believe that it's important to uh, spiritually dine on meat and potatoes rather than the smorgasbord. Yes. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, that's the problem with unity. Uh, we go in a typical unity church today, and we have a spiritual smorgasbord. A newcomer looks around at all the things that are being offered and says, what is this place and what do they believe in? And the, it goes back to complexity versus simplicity. Okay, hold on to that thought. It's time okay. for our break, and we're going to come back and uh, talk about the, the idea of simplicity and meat and potatoes spirituality. My guest is Mark Hicks, the founder and uh, developer of truthunity.net. We're talking about commitment. It's not a four-letter word. Stay with us. We'll be right back. state of change, a period of transition? Perhaps you simply don't know which way to turn, or you want guidance on taking that next step in your personal or professional life. You can activate the power of yes with Reverend Beverly Melander. As a new thought minister and next step counselor, she knows how to listen to where you are and help you get to where you want to be. With 20 plus years of experience, she offers spiritual counseling and affirmative prayer next step counseling for your personal or professional life, as well as resume writing and editing. To learn more about Beverly's counseling services, visit beverlymelander.net. That's Beverly, M-O-L-A-N-D-E-R.net. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I am your host. My guest, if you're just joining us, is Mark Hicks, and he is the spiritual leader and the founder and developer of TruthUnity.net, which is an incredible resource 
uh, ministry uh, on the internet where it is a great resource for great classical metaphysical teachings where you can go 24-7 and uh, listen to audio, uh, view video presentations by some of the wonderful metaphysical uh, deep, uh, those inspired leaders and see how that relates to you and, and be inspired by that. Mark also uh, provides online courses through truthunity.net. He's just told us today that he's working on one right now about the foundations of unity and new thought, and he's going to feature Emmett Fox, who was wonderfully beloved by the uh, early AA community. So uh, we're talking about commitment is not a four-letter word. And uh, Mark, before the break, you were talking to us about the idea of not a spiritual smorgasbord, but a spiritual diet of meat and potatoes. Tell us more. Well, my basic point is that in anything in life, we have to practice and prepare. And one of the ways to practice and prepare for a spiritual journey is to fill our minds with inspirational pieces. Um, the, the, the people that are out there in competing in the World Cup right now, the soccer players, the football players, we – may watch them and think that they're just intuitively kicking the ball around and that they will, in an improvised way, get that ball into the net. But the fact is they spent four years going through routine after routine after routine. And whenever we take a piece of scripture or an inspirational piece and we commit it to memory and we uh, spend 20 to 30 minutes reviewing our affirmations, what we are doing is exactly what those World Cup athletes have been doing. They are preparing patterns in their mind that will serve them very well when they go out and enter into the marketplace or deal with relationships or other things that may be challenging. And so it's important that we have a pathway and that we form uh, what I call spiritual patterns in our mind. And we do that by the meat and potatoes uh, nutrition. It's just like practice. Um, and without that practice, it's very difficult to uh, intuitively uh, pull it off when we need to pull it off. You're a minister. You preach every Sunday. And you, I'm sure, know that, yes, you can get up there and perhaps improvise a talk uh, once in a while on Sunday. Um, and you may get lucky and you may really knock it out of the park. But it's really preparation during the week that uh, allows you to, uh, to deliver an, an inspiring message on Sunday. Same thing with our daily life. And the problem with the spiritual smorgasbord is it's scattered. It's complex. There's no pattern in there. It's, uh, it's like all dessert and, uh, um, it's not really forming the, uh, the, the, the spiritual structures that we need internally in order to navigate life. You know, when you're uh, talking about that and, and the importance of, of developing our, I call it developing our spiritual muscle and, and focusing and cultivating, I love that idea of cultivating your own internal library. That's beautiful. Part of that is community. You know, you can't really do spirituality by yourself. 
how do you see community as being a part of this spiritual commitment? Well, it's part of the cloud of witnesses. Um, You mentioned that I was a student at the University of Texas. I I am in the religious studies department, and and one of the things I study is religious commitment and in a spiritual community. And the, the point is most of us look to the example and the inspiration of others around us far more than we are aware of. Uh, we like to think that we are, have chosen our spiritual pathway um, on our own. But the statistics show something very different, that so many of the decisions we make about the church we attend, our beliefs, are driven by – uh, those who are in spiritual communities that we admire and we look up to. And I suspect it's also true for those who are in recovery. Uh, I suspect that when the chips are down, um, we often look to someone who has helped us. And, uh, and if we're able to overcome uh, that particular challenge that day, it's often because of the inspiration of someone who's cared for us, someone who's given us their business card and said, call me, someone who's been willing to to visit and counsel me. And it's the same thing in a church. Um, I'm always suspicious about the idea of being spiritual but not religious. I understand the importance of not being doctrinaire or not being, um, uh, you know, uh, fanatical. But um, religion to me is spiritual community. And if we are on a spiritual journey, eventually we're going to be looking for uh, others to to walk with us. And that's religion. Um, It may not be popular right now, but that's what it is. Uh, So I, I, um, I, I look to my church for support. Um, it just, you know, emotional support, inspirational support, spiritual support. I do understand that faith is an inner process and our spiritual development is, it's between me and God. It's not between me, God, and the priest. I understand that. But it makes it an awful lot easier when the priest is inspiring me. So how does that work? You know, earlier in, in our time today, you talked about how the idea of a guru doesn't work well. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're talking about the idea of, of being inspired by somebody yeah. that might be in a leadership position or inspired by other people uh, in a recovery group or inspired by people in our church. How do you see those two things weighing out? Is there a difference? Absolutely. The guru has social hierarchy. The, uh, the, the spiritual companion is an equal. Spiritual companion is a, is a colleague on the journey with us. Uh, the guru is an ecclesiastic. The guru is someone who, um, has power and transfers that power, uh, to us. And it, it may be, uh, um, you know, maybe we perceive that person who speaks for God has, access to God, has access to the supernatural. Um, perhaps that person is a magician of some sort who's able to heal me without 
uh, me entering into a relationship with God. That's the whole problem with the – and I shouldn't use the – the guru implies an Asian or an Eastern source, but we have gurus in the West as well. Yeah, we've um, sort of taken over that term and, and yeah, yeah. somebody that's on a pedestal really. I, I not, do not, not mean to – yeah, I do not mean to imply that uh, Eastern religions have more gurus than Western religions. We, we certainly have them in the West. Um but the problem is whenever we we give power to an ecclesiastic that should not have it, that's a, a real uh, showstopper in terms of spiritual development, at least in my book. Right. Uh, but we need spiritual companions. Absolutely do we need them. And that's why small uh, religious groups have flourished in this country. The evangelicals are fine. They call them Bible studies, but they're small little groups. And in uh, New Thought and Unity, we have what are called mastermind groups. Um, I call them prayer circles, but, you know, they are groups of equals. They're peers. And we all know that when someone tries to take over one of those groups, it just runs it into the ground real quickly. Uh, so we need uh, we need spiritual companionship, absolutely. Can't, we, I, I find it very difficult to... Um, stay balanced in life, uh, just uh, not speaking just to spirituality, but just navigating life by myself. I find it very difficult. Uh, let me give you, a, a, I guess, an example that might uh, perturb people, but I've been married 35 years. Uh, my, As you know, my mother just passed. Um, Mom and dad were married 70 years. Uh, we're a tough bunch. We're stubborn. Yeah, that's and, good. <laughs> but the point is, um, people often ask me, how do you, you know, how, how'd you stay married 75 years? Well, uh, it's, it's real simple. I'm not a seeker. So, you know, once you, uh, once you get married, you made a decision. And, um, same thing with our, uh, religious life, our spiritual life. Uh, stick with it. Stay with it. Um, uh, it, it may look better, you know, on the other side of the street or, you know, the grass may be better over there. Um, but not for long. And uh, these marriage, like our religion, is uh, something that um, it it, uh, it it requires a long time in order for uh, um, for it to flourish. Yeah, I I believe when you follow a spiritual path, uh, sooner or later, hopefully, the point is you're going to meet yourself. And, yeah, and if. I think sometimes that's what scares us and we run off, oh my, <laughs> I don't want that, and mm-hmm. we run. But, yep. but in the end, it really is about, you said that a little bit ago, about finding our own relationship with God. Um, hmm. What do you think? Hey, absolutely. I mean, the, the problem with um, spiritual seeking is we're always eating dessert. Uh, <laughs> And um, and staying with one pathway, un- unless the pathway is very unhealthy. I- I'm not implying right. that um, someone should never change their religious pathway. Um, and in my particular case, I'm fairly new to unity. Um, I've been with transcendentalism my entire life, um, but I don't have a as whole lot Emerson. of yeah, as not, an Emerson. Yeah, as an Emerson. That's right. Yeah. Um, it- it's fine to change uh to to uh shift one's spiritual alignment or affiliation um not just for denominations but perhaps going into an, 
entirely new um, religion. You know, people today go to Buddhism or, uh, uh, you know, uh, native religion. I mean, there's, there's a variety of things. But um, at some point, we all need to settle down. We all need to commit. Uh, we all need to go deep um, and stay deep. And it's uh, perhaps more than a lifetime journey. Our time is up. Mark, I want to thank you so much. Thank you for being my guest. Um, it's been wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yeah. My guest is Mark Hicks of TruthUnity.net. And as you just heard, um, it's a lifetime or maybe more than a lifetime journey, and it's important to go deep. That's the commitment. So, again, thanks to my guest, Mark Hicks. Um, thank you for listening. And I know that you're going to have a wonderful week, that you are blessed for your finding yourself and your relationship with your higher power. So uh, we'll be back next week here on Spirit of Recovery. God bless. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Reverend Joan Gattuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. 
In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things. As she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.